The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time, she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, today we're going to talk about the ABCs of conflict resolution. And we have a guest here who I have the privilege of knowing from her presenting at our Orange County Mediation Conference. She's a well-known attorney mediator. She's a great gal, and I've been wanting to get her on this show, and I'm just really thrilled that she's joining us today. Let me tell you a little bit about uh, Victoria Pinchon, who is um, an attorney, a mediator. She's got an LLM, and she's great, and she is the author of this book we're going to talk about the Grown-Ups ABCs of Conflict Resolution. So let me tell you a little bit about her. She, as I said, she's an author also and a mediator, arbitrator, negotiation trainer, and a consultant. After 25 years of commercial litigation, Victoria earned her legal master's degree in dispute resolution from the Strauss Institute at Pepperdine University School of Law. And all of those what wisdom, all the wisdom and the skills and all the knowledge that she gained uh, in conflict resolution has really helped her to become um, a super mediator and also helped her to write the books that she, the two books that she's written. One of them is the Grown Ups uh, ABCs of Conflict Resolution, which we're going to talk about today, and another one called Success as a Mediator for Dummies. So I guess. I should read that since I'm a longtime mediator for 27 years, and uh, sometimes I feel like a dummy too. Anyway, she recently that book was recently nominated for the 2012 International Institute for Conflict Prevention and Resolution Book Award, and she is currently working on a third book on negotiation strategies and tactics for women, which we can talk about when that book comes out, and that's published that uh, will be published in 2013. So let's talk a little bit. And so thank you so much for joining us, Victoria. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, let's talk about why you wrote this book, The Grown-Up, Grown-Ups ABC of Conflict Resolution. I, I should say I love, the, I love the cover with it looks like one of those little monsters on it. And you go through all of the letters of the alphabet. And it's kind of fun because you start out with A is for asshole and we've all negotiated with those people. So <laughs> talk about how you actually wrote this book and why. Well, I, I had been blogging uh, for some time and I really, it was just one of those random thoughts. I, I walked into the kitchen one morning and said to my husband, you know, 
I could write an a, I think I could write an ABCs of conflict resolution, and he said, A is for asshole. <laughs> and uh, he's a lawyer, he's a litigator. So, um, and then I, I called Ken Cloak, who's one of the better known uh, and extensively published uh, mediation gurus in the country, and um, asked him what he thought, and he said, call my publisher, and that's what I did, and the next thing you knew, there was this book. Okay, that's so fun. So you just, uh, you believed in it, and then you did it, and that's great. I did. Why I keep writing books, I cannot tell you. Well, you know what? I think it's really important, and I've written several books myself. You have as well, so you, you know the pull, and then... About how it's a little bit like river rafting. I was rafting on um, a very scary class four turned class five river in Costa Rica, and the river guides looked frightened. And I thought, and there I am in the boat, and the river guides saying, "Paddle through your fear." And I'm thinking, yeah. why do I do these things? <laughs> <laughs> there's a name of a book called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. And that's what that's what you do. And it it is kind of scary to write a book and um you know, I've written several and the last one that I wrote which was on identity theft for penguin, they they called me and said you have to do this in 3 months and uh, oh it was the summer and it wasn't even a fun summer that summer but you know what, with my trusty golden retriever by my side, under my feet, and my husband bringing me dinner, uh, it worked. But, yeah, but then afterwards, there's, you know, the, the agony and the ecstasy of getting it done. So, and this is a great book. I think it's really right on, and I'm very much enjoying it, and we'll talk more about it. So, in the book, you talk about various types of conflict. How would you describe conflict, Victoria? That's actually a very good and difficult question. Um, Ken Cloak says that conflict occurs at the intersection of what we need to do in order to grow and have not yet learned. Mm. And um, I love that definition because I find that it's true for myself, that I, I fall into conflict when I am struggling to resolve Something really within myself. The easiest example is is one I give in the book in the chapter Z is Resent Master, which is about my husband, because I have a friend who tells me every time I tell her about an argument with my husband to remember that my husband is my Zen master, by which she means he's presenting me with a problem that's interior to me. Right. That's not really exterior to me, and that if I look inside myself and I use the conflict to both understand something deeper about myself, that I can use that conflict to transform my relationship with people who I'm intimate with, and I can also use it to transform my relationship with the conflicting interests that we have uh, with everyone. Yes, and as they say, and as you just pointed out, really all conflict stems from within. And so I see it that way as well. And that conflict in and of itself, if it doesn't escalate to a higher point of destroying relationships or if it doesn't escalate to the point of war, that it actually can be a wonderful impetus for growth, can't it? 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, the, the, my social psychology professor at um, the Strauss Institute, uh, who really is the source of this book because my social psychology class is what really kind of galvanized me to write about conflict resolution. Um, he always said that conflict is really a neutral state. Yes. That, you know, is, that there is, as the first chapter of the book describes, that conflict really arises out of a, a perception that you have been deprived of something relative to another person who can be blamed for um, your loss. Yes. And uh, so blame, uh, name, blame, claim is the process that um, conflict um, arises in. And, uh, you know, people love to throw around that phrase, the blame game. Yes. Uh, but it, it, it is um, not so much a game as it is an, a nearly irresistible impulse to um, unburden ourselves of responsibility for our own actions. Yes. So that kind of led me to thinking about, you know, asking you about really how is conflict different from acrimony? Well, conflict, if conflict actually doesn't have anything to do with acrimony except to the extent that um, when we perceive that someone is doing better than we are, and we believe that they're doing better than we are uh, be, be, for, for some reason that's unfair to us, that, that's an injustice to us, mm-hmm. then uh, it makes us angry. And, and, and that anger then propels us into you know, what we were just talking about, that you, you, you name your loss, um, you blame it on so you search the field of conflict to see whether or not there's someone you can blame it on, and then you make a claim against them. And as soon as you do that, that's when you have acrimony. Yes, and that's what your previous life was as a litigator, and mine as well. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's it's just like, and when I mediate these cases, just like I'm sure you do, you sometimes think about this like, this is this is so backward what they're doing. It's not an evolved state of conflict resolution <laughs> to litigate. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your evolution from a litigator into a collaborative mediator? Well, the, it's actually in the I, book first, too. Yeah. First, I'm reminded of something that a law partner of mine said, uh, a woman law partner of mine said. And that was, uh, I don't take it personally is the biggest lie in the business. <laughs> and I, I believe that that is true. I don't take it personally is the biggest lie in all business, but particularly in litigation. And anyone like you who has spent time facilitating the resolution of disputes with lawyers know that uh, the lawyers as much or more than the clients enter into um, an attempt to resolve the problem that they've been working on for months and years um, in a state of of barely controlled rage. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. And 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 in my because I'm a commercial. Um, 
former commercial litigator and current commercial mediator, 85 to 90% of, of those lawyers in my practice are male. And because they, they keep asserting that they're not emotional, I've concluded that, they, that men must not consider anger to be an emotion. <laughs> right. They, they, they don't want to deal with any of the touchy-feely emotions. The only touchy-feely one is the anger. <laughs> right and the hostility. So right. yeah, so right. it, it, it but is it's a, interesting. It's a, it's a, it's, it's actually, a, and you know this too. It's a joy and a privilege when anyone lets you inside of uh, a conflict that has grown so acrimonious that they can't deal with it, and they need a third person to help them. When they let you inside of that. They're letting you into um, the most vulnerable part of them, and this includes the lawyers. And I have seen businessmen uh, cry when they realize that um, they're going to have to sustain some of the loss that litigation itself has caused to them and that brought them to litigation in the first place, Um, and it's often a very profound experience, and it's one of the reasons why people make why some lawyers make fun of us. Yeah, because yeah. lawyers are we were a cynical bunch, and uh, the, the 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 project of the law has always been to remove emotion from dispute, right? And, and also, when you were talking about the blame game, isn't that the nature of our justice system? Is who's right, who's wrong? The judge decides. Each side blames the other for whatever breach of contract or employment dispute or whatever it is. It's a blame game. And that is who can blame the other and who will win. And that is the nature of our justice system. So when we mediate, we're doing exactly the opposite. We're looking to problem solve what, you know, what we can do about the situation that can't we can't go back in time and change. Right. We're, we're trying to ascertain um, what the parties really want, yeah. and it's, it's never really money. Right. Because money is just you know, another great illusion. Yeah. Money is just a means to an end. So, you know, first you have to cover what, what the end is that the parties want. And then to help them figure out a way to do what they want to do. Well, so, so much easier than trying to make people do what they don't want to do. Exactly. Which is what litigation is. I, I, was, I, I met with a young attorney yesterday who I'm mediating, actually, uh, who I'm mentoring. And he's actually not a, a, a lawyer yet. He's a law student. And he said, um, well, what was litigation like for you um, for 25 years. Like, why would you, you know, trade that for this new practice that you had to learn all over again? We were sitting next to a wall, and I said, uh, here's what, here, here, here's the experience of litigation, and I, and I lightly banged my head against the wall several times. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and, you know, because I love to win, and because I, and I, because I, I love matching wits, with people who are uh, smarter than I am, and um, 
because I love playing board games. Uh, You know, I I played this game for a very long time. It's it's very engaging. It's very involving, and and um, you know, and because you harden yourself a little when you engage in this activity, it it took it. It took me almost 25 years to realize that I was I was banging my head against the wall. Yes. Now, how is that being married to a litigator? How how does he how does that work with the two of you since you are kind of a, a recovering litigator? So, so he, he's to speak. the he's the reason I I he's the reason <laughs> he's the reason that I went back to school oh. because we we. Um, we started dating uh, on the first of January of the year two thousand, and we moved in together um, a week before the World Trade Center towers came down mm. in September of two thousand one. Yeah, and um, he, he and I were going from you know a pleasant breakfast to thermonuclear warfare in about 25 seconds. Mm. And I finally said, you know, one of us needs to learn conflict resolution. And since you're making more money than me, (laughs) (laughs) I'll be the one. Let's have it be me. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and I was ready by that time to do it, but, but yeah, I, it's kind of a joke, but it's also very serious. I mean, we, um, being married to another litigator was illuminating. It made me realize that my ex-husband had been right. I was cross-examining him. <laughs> so, so he was your mirror. <laughs> yes. Yes, he was my mirror. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully you're a mirror for him. Uh, we, are, we, we are hobbling along yeah. toward uh, some, some degree of, of uh, minimal enla- enlightenment. Well, it only takes one person to to stop the escalation of conflict. So, right? I mean, it only takes one right. person. So if one person is willing to do that, then the other person can't keep escalating because otherwise they're going in circles by themselves. So, right, there's nobody. So one yeah. person, at least one person has to be senior to the dispute. Yeah. So and and it, not engage in the the you know the blame game, not engage in the uh, cross accusations, you know, and just to put up golden shields as I call it, um, to you know, and that's that's the beauty for for those of us who are mediating, who were litigators, is that we know the difference. We really know the difference. And let's talk about something astonishing that's timely. Um, but I hope not time-bound, and that is the moment during the Hurricane Sandy disaster when it became apparent that the governor of the state of New Jersey, who is a Republican, uh, said genuinely, I don't care what effect uh, this disaster is going to have on my political career. Um, the president reached out to Governor Christie. Governor Christie reached back, and the two of them were working together collaboratively to resolve a problem. The most surprising thing that I've seen happen in the last four years. Yes, 
in politics. It was very cheering, wasn't it? Yes. And and that's that's what we have to look and be happy about these these small changes and and like Gandhi said, each of us, you and I, we have to be the change that we want to see in the world. And and it's hard because often, like you said, sometimes um, the litigators look at us as uh, you know we're we're not doing really the law. Chumps. Yeah. Chumps. Yeah. And so I think <laughs> I think that there is, you know, with more, I've been mediating since 1987. That's okay? amazing. And when people thought it was meditating, and of course I was meditating too, but, you know, I mean, that's been a long time. And I've seen from just, you know, when JAMS first started here uh, with Warren right. Knight. I mean, I was mediating when no one was doing that. I had to go up to L.A., to sit there with um, the people, you know, we'd meet in Santa Monica for the Southern California Mediation Association. There were only five of us, (laughs) you know? So, I mean, that's how long I've been doing, but I've watched the evolution and of all of the new uh, ADR programs and all of the ADR commercial entities that have arised. And so there is that, that view now that there is a better way. And with the courts losing all of the funding that they have, this is an alternative to get things done. But I think what I liked about your book, Victoria, is you go beyond that. You know, where you you talk about the 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 real essence, just like Ken Cloak does. Ken has been on our show as well, and you know, I call these the the enlightened attorneys. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a it's a little bit of a burden. Um, yeah, but you know, I, I was talking to, um, I was talking to this law student again, um, the other day and I, and I'll tell you mentoring young people is not only of course, uh, a pleasure and an opportunity to learn what they know and that we've stopped learning. In other words, to keep us young and relevant, uh, but also, you know, having these discussions about the law and litigation and power and power with and power over and mediation and reconciliation, um, it allows me again to get back to the, the root, of, you know, what you would call the enlightened root of what it is we do. So he was troubled. He, he came to me troubled because he's in a mediation program that's being taught more like um, a settlement conference, which for those people who aren't like totally aware of the difference between those two things, uh, it's more, he's he's being taught to keep the parties apart uh, because it's dangerous for them to be together and um, that he should try and persuade them to do what he thinks is the best thing to do. Right. right. And... um, I, I was trying to like get him to go a little. He was telling me a story about a mediation that was difficult for him, and um, I finally just looked at him and said, "Do you believe in the possibility of reconciliation? Do you believe that people are capable of reconciling? Because if you don't believe in the capability um, of people reconciling, then." You're going to be a settlement conference mediator. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And we know there's a lot of judges that still do that. A lot of them with big companies that I won't name right now. Oh, and a lot of lawyers. And a lot of lawyers. It's very, very hard to get away from this adversarial, you know, persuasive, try and make people do what they don't want to do. Right. Cut the baby in half and all that. Yeah. It's it's a huge challenge to get away from that. But, you know, what I said to him, he said, you know, he said, well, why do you believe in reconciliation? And I said, because I think we'd be, that we wouldn't be on the planet if reconciliation were not natural to us. I think that if we, if we didn't naturally reconcile with one another, it would be as if our blood did not coagulate when we get cut. Yeah. We, we, we have to be able to, the, the people who survived on the planet were people who were inclined to reconcile because we can't live alone. We die alone. Right. I want to go back to your book because it's, um, I, I, I got a kick out of how you, just like a child's book, you know, A is for asshole, B is for bully, C is for coward, D is for drama queen. Right. right. Oh, gosh. You know, I, I just had a mediation this week and um, <laughs> I have a drama queen in there each time and... You know, it's it's interesting how to just bring that person back down to reality. It's it's re- it it is it is my quest to do that each time. Right, <laughs> that, right. That she's in mediation, so that um, I got a kick out of drama queen. And <laughs> E is for enemy. F is for friend. How to deal with friends. And you go down all these things. J is for judge. So um, I thought that that was just a, a really um, very not only cute, but also enlightened way of going through this. So because, you know, a lot of people are afraid to deal with conflict. Don't you find that, Victoria? People teach it. (laughs) People are teaching mediators, successful mediators are teaching law students that it's dangerous for them to be in the same room with adversaries. Yeah. So, yes, I mean, I think that it's, um, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm very sad, actually. Well, just about, you know, thinking about you and your husband or me and my husband or me and my wonderful staff who's sitting here right here <laughs> of dealing when something is a challenge for you is I call it the, the gentle art of confrontation where you have to bring up issues before it escalates and and that's what I really liked about your book because you already your your last chapter is Z is for Zen Master, right. which I thought was really adorable. Let me ask you, believe it or not, we're we're almost out of time, so I just want to ask you one one last question. Okay. And um, this is one that we've talked about before, and that is, what about forgiveness? I noticed you had that in the beginning of your book. And if you could just give us like a couple sentences about why forgiveness is so important. Well, it goes back to reconciliation. We, we are flawed creatures and we live at cross purposes. Um, and yet we desperately need one another. So, you know, being capable of recognizing our own flaws and forgiving ourselves, I think, is the most important step. And as soon as we do that, as soon as we raise to consciousness 
how much we need forgiveness, then everyone else changes. Yes. We begin to see everyone as flawed but striving to accomplish something laudable and doing so somewhat haplessly because it's, um, it's, it, it's a big job being a human being. Yes. And so I think that it just begins to flow naturally once you, once you begin to uh, be accountable for your own behavior and, and to be willing. And, and if you can't forgive yourself, you can't be accountable because you can't admit that you're flawed. Yep. And we are out of time, Victoria. So I am uh, just uh, delighted that we have this time to talk about your book, The Grown-Ups ABCs of Conflict Resolution by Victoria Pinchon. And we will have you back again. And I hope to see you at the conference in 2013. So thanks again, Victoria. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 for Prescriptions for Healing Conflict and visit our website at conflicthealing.com where you can see upcoming guests, you can download podcasts, you can listen to archived interviews, and you can write to us about what's important to you about conflict and conflict resolution in your own life. Thanks. expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UCP.